Hello and welcome back once again to Bad Choices in Bourbon. I am your host, Dan Decker, broadcasting delayed from the Totesuck Studio in the beautiful heart of Central Arkansas, uh, USA. Um, I am joined this week by one of my favorite people, uh, a lot of fun to have on Twitter. Um, it is, uh, we, we share we share a passion. I don't know if it's a passion. We're going to find out. Uh, but we both worked in libraries. Uh, it is, hey, Stevie Lee. Hey. Man, welcome to the show. Um, you know, we're, uh, we're six episodes in and I've already got you here. Uh, it's just a wonderful um, opportunity to get to know you. And I'm really yeah, looking forward to the next the hour. Six right here. Yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> revenge of the already. Six. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, you know, we talked a little bit about how things are going to go. But today, dear listener, if you're not familiar, uh, the idea behind Bad Choices in Bourbon is to invite my friends uh, onto the show and have a conversation with them in the hopes that they will become your friends as well. Um, and uh, that way we can just keep intersecting all this positivity. Uh, and with that, um, you know, we're going to get to know Stevie here. Uh, as much as she would like to share with us. Uh, And with that, we kind of start at the beginning. So what is the beginning of of you? Well, um, I'm from New Jersey originally. Jersey. I'm a Jersey girl. It's my second Jersey on here. You know, Jersey's representing on the Bourbon podcast. What can we say? We're everywhere. What can we say? It's a Jersey thing. (laughs) So what, what, how long were you in Jersey? Not very long, um, so I think that that kind of destroys my Jersey cred. I, we, <laughs> we, uh, we moved to Florida when I was three, okay. so um, a lot of people would say, oh, you're from Florida, and I'm like, no, I'm from Jersey. I just happen to live in Florida. <laughs> right, so, you know, I kind of like that. I, I, yeah, you know, I wrestled with it for a really long time. Where are you from versus what's your hometown, so on and so forth. You know, and just like anything else about yourself, you have the right to define what you call hometown and where you say you're from. Uh, and why wouldn't you? You know, if you think uh, being being born in and from Jersey is a point of pride, well, everyone else can suck a toe, man. Uh, exactly. You're a Jersey girl, all right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you can take the I girl mean, out of the Jersey, blood. But you can't take the Jersey out of the girl. That's right. It's in the blood. Like for me, you know. The what I call my hometown and the place that I grew up are not the same place because uh, the place that I grew up never adopted me like my hometown has, and they're just twenty miles apart. Um, so there's the place that I was born and graduated from, and there's Conway, Arkansas, which is my hometown. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, 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 but it, as I get to define that, right? Yeah, and it's, and it's funny you mention that because um, I mean I've been back to Jersey. Of course, you know I've been to New York City. I mean I'm from North Jersey, so it's just, we're like. Um, there are port. There are parts where I'm from where you can see New York, the New York skyline. So I mean, right. that's how close we are. Um, but you know, growing up, I mean, I've never really felt connected to Florida, not really. But I go up to Jersey, and I'm like, okay, all of this makes sense. You know, I go yeah. to New York, all of this makes sense. I go to Boston, my 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 love, my soul home, as my friend calls it. There you go. Um, see, you get it. Yeah, yeah, that that that's that's my favorite thing of, of hers is the soul home. It's not necessarily where you're from or your hometown, but it's where your heart needs to be. And for me, that's Boston. I can feel that. Uh, the only other place that I've ever been, and I've been, you know, I have not quite been everywhere, man, like Johnny Cash, but I have been to a good number of these uh, United States. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, the only places that I found that I did not get homesick for Arkansas uh, for all of its warts, uh, it's a beautiful state. The people here at our roots are really friendly, um, and uh, other than the steaming, humid summers. Uh, but the Pacific Northwest, uh, Washington State, yes. Oregon, that place, other than the high desert, which uh, when you're talking about a boy from the south where it gets real humid down here, you go up in the high desert and you don't hydrate, man, you, you and your sinuses are going to fight. <laughs> oh, I hear you. I hear you. I, mean, I, I do my um, running out here. and Yeah. Yeah, but in the humidity, you know, basically, um, dear listeners, if you're not familiar, if you've never been to swampland like down in Florida or uh, or or a southern U.S. state, um, and people don't believe you when you tell them this, but but Stevie, you can say this too. You know, this is true. It can be 98 degrees and 95 percent humidity, and not absolutely, rain, and not rain, and you are oh, yeah. basically breathing water. Yeah. 
and you know and then but you get like that because like the, the midday the wet sock yeah yeah exactly like trying to breathe through a wet sock uh it's exactly what it is um but yeah you you change climate like that up in the high desert and my my nose my nose was like bro <laughs> mm-hmm. and i had no idea and it was about three days in and they were like oh yeah you probably ought to drink more water it's like oh well you know it's a little late now that i'm hawking up crusty boogers it's a dry heat. <laughs> it's so just a dry heat. Um, but I did get to go to the peak of Mount Hood, uh, and I saw the Timberline Lodge, which were the exterior shots for uh, the Hotel on the Shining. Uh, okay. So I got to, oh yeah, man, I got to eat a boar, uh, well not a boar, but a bacon sampler plate at the restaurant there, and including uh, it included wild boar. Uh, it was one of my bacon flavors. <laughs> yeah. Where, where was this again? Uh, so, uh, at, uh, uh, it's Mount hood, um, in, uh, in oh, and around central Oregon. Yeah. So oh, you're Oregon, up on, Oregon. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oregon. Yeah, so you're up on I was, Mount I was hood. Government camp. Uh, my boyfriend's a huge fan of bacon. So if I just tell him about a bacon sampler, I mean, that might get him on a plane to Oregon. Not uh, now. Yeah. No, the visit to, uh, yeah, right. Not now, but the visit to central Oregon is it's beautiful. Deschutes national park is up there. Uh, a little yeah. town called bend. Um, excellent little place. Uh, they, they have a fun theme called in bend. Uh, and I just had to, uh, I just worked for a company who was kind of based out of there and we had a week long, uh, company powwow up in the middle of Oregon and it was fantabulous. And it just so happened it was 2013. Yes. 2013. Um, and it was during the government shutdown that we were up there and the day we had planned to go to the park was the day the government decided to open back up. So we got to go to the park. <laughs> It was nice. Yeah, some really great pictures. Uh, But that—that's enough about me. Let's get back to you. So you moved (laughs) to Florida, and obviously you've been there for a minute yet. Yeah, I. I, I, Are you in the area of which you grew up, or have you moved around Florida a little bit? Um, I've moved around a little bit. I'm generally within the the. I am within the general vicinity. Um, I did go to school at UCF, which is in Orlando, and that was. So great. So great. I loved my time at UCF. I loved my time in Orlando. It was, it I have was loved awesome. my time in Orlando the several times I've been there as well. Uh, we, we are a Disney family. We're Disney nerds. And so we have been to Orlando a lot. We're also Potter nerds. So we've been to, oh, yeah. The, yeah, to, the, to the Potter stuff. We have, we have prop accurate versions of Harry's wand and the elder wand and you know, the really expensive versions of the wand. Oh, nice, nice. I, just, I yeah. have Luna Lovegood's wand. Oh, um, she's a, she's one of my faves. I like her. Oh, yeah. We all need a little Luna in our life. Yeah, and that's funny because that's my cat's name is Luna. Oh. But uh, it's from Sailor Moon, not Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. So Sailor Moon, that reminds me, um, just kind of a quick little anecdote. Someone, someone didn't believe me uh, and so, you know, got started. And other than the bits about vertigo and tiny golf clubs, I can pretty much do one week's top to bottom. Uh, <laughs> you know, the song by the Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, I, oh, I love that song. Yeah, you that Sailor Moon with that boom on of it. Course. It makes me think the wrong things. Yeah. Uh, my wife yeah. hates it when I sing that. Yes. Yeah. Gotta get in tune with Sailor Moon because the cartoonist got the boom and the baby. It makes me think the wrong things. Yeah, I know. Stevie's got my back, y'all. There it is. A little Darioki live and in person on the Bourbon Podcast. Today. Indeed. <laughs> so uh, you you grew up in and around. You went to college uh, in the Orlando area, and so where are you relative to that now? Because that's the geography that I know. Well, I I'm in the southeastern part of the state. Okay, that's uh, basically you know where I grew up. So um, basically, kind of north of the epicenter of where everything is right now. Uh, mm-hmm. So. And then, so what what uh, what what did you do? As a young Stevie, what besides, of course, we obviously have a our common interest that brought us to to the podcast today, uh, listeners. If you're not aware, is most like everything lately Star Trek related. Um, we we uh, we we found each other on Twitter, became friends, and you know through the library connection and everything. Uh, but what other interests do you have that aren't you know that aren't Star Trek? I know you're an artist. I know you drive. Yeah, you art. Yes, I, I am an artist. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I, I uh, largely self-taught. I got that a lot from my dad. My dad was an artist and a Trekkie, so it's kind of gone through big the blood. Big ups to dad. Huh? I said big ups to dad. Big ups to dad, yeah. <laughs> Love you, dad. <laughs> yeah, my, my dad. my dad's amazing. Um, my parents um, divorced when I was three, 
And um, my dad moved back up to um, to New York, where he's been ever since. And um, when I was a kid, um, I mean, I love my mother. My parents are just amazing. They're, I could not ask for better parents. They still get along with each other. You know, it's I am lightning struck here, right? Um, but my mom wasn't as big into sci-fi as I was. She wasn't as big into, oh, thanks, mom. That speak of the devil. Uh, let me just turn that off. I am sorry about that. Don't worry about that. Real life happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my mom wasn't really big into sci-fi. And of course, she's a single mother trying to, you know, raise, raise a, a little hellion like me. So I would, you know, I would call my dad, collect. Sorry, dad. And, uh, <laughs> Oh man, that's a whole thing we would have to explain. <laughs> What's yeah, calling that's collect? What we'd have to explain to the kiddos out there. Uh, back in my day, uh, it's got to start with you know, it's like uh, Carl Sagan's. How do you make an apple pie? Well, first you have to create the universe. <laughs> how do you yeah. make a collect? Caldwell kids' phones had cords and required money. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, and then um, but yeah, that that's how I I would talk with my dad about Star Wars and Sailor Moon, and he was so encouraging. You know, he he would listen to me as as I talked. He didn't make fun of me. He didn't laugh at me. Um, he didn't dismiss me. He was just so encouraging. And not only that, but he got me to think deeper. You know, about like philo the philosophical parts of Star Trek, Star Wars. We didn't get into Star Trek until like ten years ago. So. Mm -hmm. So, but he, he's been in Star Trek since day one. He, he's been there. Um, but with, whereas with me, it, you know, it was talking about Star Wars and talking about like philosophy and politics and what this stands for and what this means. Now, keep in mind, I was only like 13, 14 years old at the time. So, I mean, I was, I was a kiddo. Um, oh, whatever. <laughs> I was totally grown up when I was 13. Oh yeah. <laughs> I knew everything. Gaw. If you if you don't remember, oh, yeah, it. yeah. But by the time I was sixteen, I, I knew I knew everything in the universe. No, uh, <laughs> I'm 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 closing in on thirty five. I I still don't I don't know shit half the time. Um, but yeah, my my dad was the one who encouraged me. He got me all this Sailor Moon stuff. He got me this huge FAQ. Like he printed it out. You know, I had a binder at school, and I would just read it over and over and over and over and over. And he, he was the one who encouraged me to, you know, just, just, you know, like these sorts of things and not be ashamed of who you were, you know, like with my mom, she was just like, okay, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I have to get back to work. But my dad always had time. And yeah. I, yeah. and I told him recently, I said, you know, thank you so much for, for listening. And he's like, and this is something I never expected. He said back to me, thank you for including me. Oh. Take a moment, y'all. Yeah, that's a, moment, that's a Kodak moment right there. Yeah, I love that's my really dad sweet. so much. Yeah, and, that's so and, great. And, yeah, and we're—I mean, even though like he he left when I was was three, and I don't like using the word left, you know, because yeah. it sounds kind of um, like the, like the the stereotypical story. Not of in the pack of smokes, and never came back since. He just yeah, isn't, he, he isn't ever present because he lives somewhere else. Yeah, that 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 was never my dad. He was always there. He was never a deadbeat. You know, he 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 was always there, if not physically there. Right. And you know, by by grace of God, you know, we still have that that connection. That's awesome. So, Dad kind of encouraged you. I, you know, we got to come up with better words. Uh, we're smart people, um, but you know, just to kind of to to, it sounds like you you had an atypical set of interests uh you know old school we'd say kind of a tomboy but i, I hate oh, yeah. that because you know I was a tomboy and that and that's funny you mentioned that because um i didn't even get into that but because when i was growing up the town that i grew up in i mean it, it has exploded in the past 10 years i mean it's it's not what i it's not where i grew up anymore right yeah but I when i was a that. kid my whole house the whole area was surrounded by these woods 
And the kids in the neighborhood, all us kids in the neighborhood, we would, you know, go up there. We would play in these huge palmettos. I mean, it was like a tr- it was like a literal treehouse. Like the the branches would just come over, and just and we could sit inside, the, and we can sit inside, and we could talk. Um, we dug a hole for whatever reason. There was a hole we dug. I don't remember why, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was out there climbing trees and running through the woods and hanging out with the boys. Me and um, in middle school, I was the only girl in in the group that I hung out most with, which was a lot of nerdy guys. Um, sometimes I hung out with the girls, but it just never felt like that was where I belonged. And they so weren't interested I, in the same things. Oh God, overall. no, no, yeah. they they. Yeah, I was into Star Wars and Sailor Moon and sci-fi and all that, and they just couldn't be asked, you know, they couldn't be asked, but the boys, you know, oh my gosh, I had so much fun hanging out with them. And, um, one of them was my, um, was my college roommate later on. Um, yeah, he, he, he is incredible. And I so wish I still was in touch with him because he was the funniest guy. I mean, I remember sitting at, in, in, in our, in our shared apartment, our shared townhouse and um, he he was a history major. I think he switched to philosophy, but he was a history major. And he told me the story about Hitler's nephew. And I don't remember it for the life of me, but I remember I was laughing so hard I cried. I was la- just the way he said it. I mean, he's just he was so deadpan and so just he 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 had an incredible way about him. He was so brilliant. He went to teach in Korea for a while, and uh, so he he's he's a brilliant brilliant guy and i i really miss him he he was he was incredible well, he might be out there somewhere maybe he's listening to the show shout out yeah. to that guy yeah hey uh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hit, hit us up you know, reach out on twitter find our dms man uh, if you want to talk will uh, you've got a huge fan and one stevie lee that's for sure um yeah. so you know it I got to say, given, given, you know, you're, you're about the same age as my uh, younger brother, whom by complete randomness in the universe ran into at no other place than the doctor's office today. Um, sitting there, you know, I had this whatever come up on my arm. And so I had to go get it checked out before, you know, yeah. gained superpowers or something. Uh, and yeah, so I ended it. up with a steroid shot. After mm. I'm thinking spider bite and steroid shot, that ought to work to my advantage, but I don't know yet. Spider hole? Just annoying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Spider hole. Uh, and so I'm sitting there waiting for my turn as far away from everybody as I can possibly be because of, you know, gross. And, uh, yeah. I look out the window and this cat tracks by and I was like, that could be my brother. And I was like, but I would have, there would be absolutely no reason for us to be in the same place today, period, ever. Uh, right. And so a few minutes later go by and, um, dude comes walking over like he's supposed to be there and sits down within my comfortable space. <laughs> and I was like, and then I started saying, oh, the only way I recognized him was the tattoos because he had, his hair was short. He's wearing his glasses and he had a mask on. And I was like, Dave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he just started talking like I knew exactly who he was because I totally should. <laughs> but he was there to get his, you know, he's going to, he had to get a prescription refilled and everything. But I was like, of all the people to run into out in the randomness of today, because uh, I didn't have an appointment until early this morning to get this thing looked at. So, um, but you're the same age. It's strange how these things work out. It really yeah. is. And uh, but you guys are about the same age. And so, what I wanted to say to that though is you're you're in a I think you're kind of on a leading edge of, of uh, you know a generation around your time where uh, girls started being more comfortable um, liking boy stuff, quote unquote. Um, and yeah. to be clear. I hate that there is a distinction in the toy aisle. Toys are toys, man. Play with what makes you happy. Um, one of the one of the happiest moments for both her and the kids, and we have three boys. Keep in mind, my wife has become one of the greatest boy moms the planet has ever known, to the point Ooh. that she scheduled a photo shoot with them in costumes and knew not to cross the universes. She knew she couldn't have a picture of Captain America with Batman and Superman because they're not in the same place. And Mm -hmm. so kudos to her, but, um, you know, so I, I, I have not, I've relived my childhood for 16 straight years, right? (laughs) Because my son has 15, 16 Optimus Primes. They have all the video game things, you know, (laughs) Legos out. I mean, we're talking a 
college or two educations worth of Lego sets. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, it's <laughs> insane. But, you know, so she's missed that from the Barbie side and the other stuff, right? But she we she brought home her Barbies <clears throat> and yeah. set them out. And they had the, the Barbie and the Rockers and the, the TV station set up. And just for her and the boys to have that out. And, you know, she got to share in it just a little bit. That, That's that, awesome. That's you know right. that that Cecilia and the kids—they were like sweet. <laughs> this is a TV amazing. station. Yeah, it was great because yes. those those things we impose on children, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, back in the day, hundred years ago, boys wore pink dresses. By the way, yeah, yeah. If you ever tried to raise a boy, it's real easy to just let them run around and uh, nothing in between them and nature. You don't have as much yep. tra- garbage, yep. right? Uh, but yeah, so you know these these gendered toys they really irritate me um yeah even to the point that wow we make lego for girls well why you just make lego and put you know yeah i i've, I've seen those those girl legos and it's just like really? but i remember it, it's funny you say that because i remember growing up and i got i got into star wars um when the special editions came out in 97 so i i remember telling my my grandmother i was like oh i want a lightsaber i want a lightsaber she goes no those that's a boy's toy you're not getting it <sighs> And I was so angry. And I remember right. also growing up, you know, I was a fan of Power Rangers. You know, I'm like, I want a Power Ranger. No, you can't have that because that's a boy's toy. And I was so mad. It's so, totally girl Power Rangers, though. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, the only cool girl Power Ranger when I was a kid was Trini the Yellow Ranger. Okay? okay. No, yeah. none of my female friends, none of my girlfriends wanted to be Kimberly the Pink Ranger. None of us. We all wanted to be Trini the Yellow Ranger. So it was just a team of trainees and that was it. Yeah. Or, or as it usually was, it's like whoever's house I was at, they were Trini. And then I had to be Kimberly and I'm like, no, I'll be Billy, you know, forget that. You know, uh, you know, I mean, Billy would, uh, I think Billy would identify uh, with that being okay these days. Oh yeah. I, I yeah. loved Billy. I mean, that's, that's always, you know, Billy was my favorite character. I mean, Billy and Trini were, were, were it for me. But I remember eventually I got, going back to my lightsaber story, I got enough money and I told my grandmother, because she was taking me to Target, I I will never forget this. I said, well, today I'm going to buy a lightsaber and it's my money, so you can't stop me. (laughs) I don't think she was very happy with it, but I I got my little cheapy lightsaber. I mean, it was cheap piece of crap, but... But it was yours and your money. Yeah, and I got... You won. Yeah, and I got one for my my other my other girlfriend up the block, and so we would have lightsaber fights. <laughs> and I remember oh. on a date, I was on a date in college with with my college boyfriend, and we went to Wally World for whatever reason. I think that was all we had. Oh, jeez, sorry about that. We went to Wally World for whatever reason, and we and we saw the lightsaber. So guess what happened? We both decided to play lightsaber fight in the middle of in the, the, in the aisle. Yeah. Yeah, and, you did. And then there was another time <laughs> before that I was trying to, um, I, I was at this party and I was trying to impress this guy. <laughs> and so I got into a lightsaber fight with another guy and, um, <laughs> and I was just like looking over. It's like, is he watching me? You know, is he, is it like, look at me, you know? And I fell straight on my butt, like right into the grass. And I saw his face just like, Oh no. But then I got back up and I'm like, you know, you can't keep me down. And I think I impressed him. I, I think I did. Cause after that, he was commenting me on my, on my quote, shit kicker boots. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah. Well, oh, that's yeah. guy talk. That's totally, yeah. That, I, I mean, I would have, I would have probably use some sort of line similar to that but you said something that that reminded me you were like look at me right it just uh-huh. reminds me of the line and i'm so sorry it reminds me of the the the, the beat from greece look at me i'm stevie lee <laughs> yes i love it oh yeah that movie greece, tell you so, i mean stevie lee is my art name i mean it's not my yeah. real name but my it was before i was stevie name. lee but yeah. yeah, I mean, I like that. <laughs> well, here's the, so everyone like, because one, you know, I'm, I'm uh, probably mildly dyslexic or, you know, at least uh, I, you know, I'm incredibly disadvantaged when it comes to visual acuity. Uh, I've only got the one eye and it's piss poor. 
Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> poor vision and a cataract. So, you know, seeing yeah. stuff is hard. Um, and so like, you know, but I, whatever the jumble happens or whatever my brain reads first tends to stick. <clears throat> right. And so for instance, like uh, uh, Linda Butler, hen in a hat one mm-hmm. on, on Twitter. Yeah. Um, well, uh, forever when I read her handle, it was uh, Helen Art one. So <laughs> that's, she's Helen. That's her name is Helen. I know her there name is go. Linda, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, almost everyone that I walk by, uh, especially people I love or uh, I'm real familiar with, uh, there's either, um, there's a nickname or a song cue that goes off in my head. Uh, or or out loud like i will sing you a song i make up on the spot and just put your name in it because that's nice what i do yeah it's weird (laughs) so if we ever if we ever pal around in person i'll i'll have to sing you i'll have to sing you that that clip in person that i look forward to it i'm I'm (laughs) the same way because i will like come up like someone will say something and i will say like oh and i'll bring up this like completely esoteric reference and everyone just kind of looks at me like, what is she talking about? <laughs> I bet I would get them. I bet I would oh, get yeah. references. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, but even some of it's like like super nerdy. Like I quote Mystery Science Theater and people look at me like, I have no idea where oh, that is. Oh, that goes way deep. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, 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 I know that real probably kick stuff. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the um, so what I'm looking forward to is our ability to get back to meeting people in person. Yeah. Uh, and getting these, uh, you know, having a like a live panel discussion or something like that, where yeah. um, you know we can just we can just have this out. And you're not going to be in London next spring, are you, by any chance? Not that I'm aware of at the okay, moment. Well. I would love to, <laughs> um, because I mean, my boyfriend's got friends in London, and and obviously I do too from from Star Trek Twitter. So we have we have lots of friends, but we don't know. You know, because of everything else. I mean, I'm I was supposed to go. I'm supposed to go to Boston in September, but I don't think that's going to happen. And yeah. that, that pisses yeah. me off so much. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway, it, it's such as life. But uh, well, and that's you know we had a couple of things on the on the agenda this year that just don't make sense or couldn't possibly happen. Like uh, we were hoping to go see the parade in New York uh, for Thanksgiving. Oh, had everything on awesome. track for it, but it's you can't now. You just can't. You know, well, that's okay. You gotta have uh, the parade for Thanksgiving. It's not Thanksgiving without the parade. And then, right? But uh, there's no safe way to do it with a lot of people. So, oh, of course, know. of course not, of course not. But you know, I mean, that's always been like our family tradition. Like my mom and I, like we we always watch the parade on, yeah. on Thanksgiving morning. And as soon as Santa comes out, we're like, okay, it's officially Christmas. Right. Oh, so one thing, like. Uh, <clears throat> One thing that that uh, always disappoints uh, is uh, uh, Thanksgiving. One of the Thanksgiving dinners uh, is, that we usually go to is, uh, you know, down the road uh, in Moralton where I grew up. And mm. they always schedule it right around noon. Right. They want to mm. eat at noon. And the parade's not over yet. I'm sorry. So, yeah, yeah. Why, I mean, and then, OK, that's fine. I, that's fine, I guess. But we go there, and they're not watching the parade. They don't watch the parade, and I just yeah, I that, can't, that ain't I can't right. Process, yeah, I don't that, process that right. very well, you know. There, so anyway, uh, we we you know we usually say hey, you know, we might be a little late because we're gonna finish the parade like you know, not monsters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not uh, so, without the parade. I'm sorry. Don't ask me. Not, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I, yeah, yeah, no arguments here. And then, you know, I, you know, we can have the, you know, it's when's when's too soon for Christmas? Well, yeah, we're not here to have that conversation. I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a, I'm a week of Thanksgiving kind of guy myself because you got to give all this stuff room to breathe, man. You barely get out of Halloween, and then you're you're in Christmas for a hot day. Oh yeah, I mean, even I, I, my birthday's in September, and I see Christmas stuff. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, man! Yeah, it's a little much. I love Christmas. Don't get me wrong; I'm all about it. And oh yeah, it, getting together with my friends and family. Big fan, big fan. Uh, but you know, give us all, give it all a little room to breathe. I love Halloween, and I love oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. I like Halloween is to be much more fun than than we usually have with it. Um, you know, we did, uh, of course. If you're any kind of cosplayer, Halloween's like. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's just a day to get away with it. 
Oh, not only that, but like for the past, uh, let's see, I've been at my job for eight years now. Every year, every year I have worn a costume to work on Halloween every single yeah. year. That was that is something I miss about being in a place like working at the library is that we did um, we were allowed to uh, wear a costume, um, not so much at the place I'm at now, and everybody yeah. has their own shirt. Uh, but we did uh, for several years. We did uh, family uh, a themed Halloween where everybody was you know dressed in character from the same yeah, universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head with literal parts you could take on and off, and they'll oh, it on, and uh, uh, then. Uh, the boys, the two that we had at the time, were Buzz and Woody. Oh. Uh, and then one year was um, Hall- or so Ben's first Halloween. He was teeny tiny, uh, so he's born in August. And so you know, fast forward to Halloween, oh, yeah, uh, he was yeah. he was baby Chewbacca. And Trish, bless her, she went all in and did up the buns and became Princess Leia. Oh, uh, oh. and then uh, we built out of a trash can using a Dremel, we built an R2-D2 costume. And I'll have to show you the picture. Uh, And I was Captain Rex and the oldest was Anakin. So we had a little Star Wars family. We did a Harry Potter family for the next year where Ben was Dobby. (laughs) He didn't, yeah, until he could say what he wanted to be, he didn't get much choice. And then we did a Ninjago themed themed one year. Although when we were, when we were out, (laughs) we were out trick or treating. And uh, I'm strutting down the street and I'm, I'm wearing, so I, I did martial arts. So I've actually, you know, I'm wearing my, my legitimate gi and, and my mm-hmm. actual black belt. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I had a, I had a, a, oh, one of the, one of the stylized hats, uh, but I hadn't shaved. So I had the big old bushy beard. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I was a little, I was a little, you know, pear shaped as it were. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Guy it goes, happens as you get older. It happens. It happens. Guy passing by and he goes, oh, hey, what's up, Kung Fu Panda? Ooh. I was like, I'm supposed to be Sensei Wu, but okay, Kung Fu Panda is totally, totally a vibe I can get into. I mean, it's a great uh, movie, but dang. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, it was fine. I, it, uh-huh. it, I was like, hey, you know, it's a good look. It, it could have been worse, but it was. It, it absolutely could have been worse. It fit, and plus I was going home to eat all my kids' candy anyway, so it didn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> so you uh, now you work at you work at the library. So you've been in the library for eight years. I worked at my little library, as we call it, uh, for um, about seven years uh, uh-huh. overall, from 2000 to early 2007. I was a uh-huh. network administrator. So what do you do at your library? Um, I, I am just basically a library specialist. Um, I know there's no just a library specialist, but, um, that, that's my official title. Um, I basically do whatever they tell me mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the short part of that answer. Um, I did just recently graduate from library school last May. So that's why I still, I still call myself a librarian because damn it, I earned that title. I don't care about my job title. I am a right. librarian. That degree is is something else. It's not. It's not only is it not for free. It's a lot of hard work. It really is. And if and I'm I'm sick of people who say, "Oh, you went to library school. What'd you learn to alphabetize?" <laughs> no, oh, that's, no, that's really not what it is. It's let me throw let me throw a little something called the Mark Spec at them and see how you know much they get about it. Oh my gosh, yeah. Ask ask them. You know to describe um, it the information seeking behavior ask them yep. to describe that don't worry i'll sit back i'll wait yep yep no that's uh my my time in the trenches uh with library database software and things like that mm-hmm. led to a really good opportunity um but knowing how data describes data uh, a lot of people uh, struggle with the concept of metadata i and, never met a data know, and, I and that is why. critical to <laughs> it's critical to how a library works yeah, it, it it is amazing. It is amazing, and I mean, I am, I I never saw myself working in a library, despite being practically raised in a library. I mean, I I remember walking with my class to the library near our school. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandmother would take me to the library every, almost every day. You know, I'd be, I'd be reading. I mean, I remember reading in first grade, a book about the continents. It was a kid's book, but it was about the continents. And I could explain the theory of Pangea by the time I, I returned that book. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the, 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 I mean, I, I, I've always been a massive nerd. 
But I mean, I never saw myself working in a library, never in a million years. But honestly, this is, I mean, aside from my art, you know, this is, pro this is definitely what I've been trained for my whole life is to look up information, to cite my mm -hmm. sources, you know, to look up all this information. And, um, I'm not, I, I, I do kind of struggle with, you know, working with people, you know, the patrons can be a little tough, but you can, you, one of my favorite things to do is, you know, they can be really frustrated, but then I, I managed to diffuse the situation and they really mm -hmm. calm down. And I mean, for me, I hate confrontation. I've only, I've had people get in my face before, which, you know, I'm still surprised I, I didn't manage to like, you know, wet my pants and run away in fear, but uh, it, it is intimidating. It's really intimidating, but um, yeah. who would yell at a librarian? Well, believe me, I've got a list. Um, <laughs> but um, We can compare notes, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've had, I've, how can you yell at a librarian? <laughs> give me, give me time. It, it's, it's like retail, you know, you, you, you get the, you know, you, you get these kind of people who think they're entitled, you know, well, I put this book on hold like 10 minutes ago. Why isn't it ready? Uh, cause we're not Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to physically go get it and do stuff to make it happen. Yeah. Um, we need yeah. to have the, the list needs to be generated. It's only generated twice a day. Why can't we get it now? Because we're not going to. Um, you, you lower your expectations, Karen, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we want to help you, but we're, we are limited in what we can do, especially these days. I mean, we've never closed. Okay. We have always, like, even during this pandemic, I mean, we, we are doing, we have been doing curbside since mid-March. Wow. We have yeah, we have not changed. We got, we eventually got masks by the time the CDC said, you know, wear masks, you know. Um, so that gives you kind of an idea of where, where that's going. Um, the main library in our area is just about to open up. So we're not that far behind. So it, it's really interesting. I mean, from a library, from a librarian perspective, you know, you see people, you know, saying we need the libraries. But then as soon as we come forward and like, okay, well, yeah, we know you need we us. We need a millage. Yeah, we, we, we need your money. They're like, yeah. Oh, I man, I didn't know. You know, the rent's a little tight this month. I don't know. But, boy, and thanks I for the book. No taxes. Okay, <laughs> well, we're not going to get your library. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. You know, it's yeah. – it's, it's I mean, I was telling my boss the other day about um, the library – the, li the library as, as, a, as, a, as a whole, not just our library, but most libraries have become a um, like a bandage on the problems of society, like um, uh -huh. computer access. Yep. Um, I, I even got I got into a disagreement with my boss because um, they were they were like, well, people because people need to use the computers and they don't have access to them. And especially now, this is really terrible. Yep. And so the, the, this is illustrating the digital divide. And so one of my coworkers was like, well, they don't, don't they all have cell smartphones? They all have, and I'm like, no, they don't. And my boss is like, yeah, they do. I'm like, no, they don't. Oh, I'm smelling a whole pile of privilege floating around. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, and that's one thing that I picked up from library Twitter is, um, a lot, a lot of my librarian friends are in Massachusetts. They're very, very forward thinkers. Yeah. And they've challenged a lot of my personal views and a lot of stuff that I'm uncomfortable with, you know, which is what you have to do. You know, I, I'm, I'm a white woman, you know, I'm, you know, I, I've been very, I've been very fortunate in my life. I mean, I've, I've gone through crap, but I've been incredibly fortunate, but listening to how they're explaining, you know, that's not exactly the case. You have to think of it like this. It's making me rethink about access and inclusion. It's making me rethink all of this stuff. So every time like somebody, like I, I was in a staff meeting uh, the other day in Skype or no, uh, Zoom. And my, my boss's boss was saying how the library system north of us, the one that I grew up with, the, uh, they were there. Oh, well, they're using um, laser pointers, you know, so they can show people patrons, you know, on the screen how to how to do stuff. And I said, well, you know, that that's a red or a green light. How can how can that work for a colorblind person? Boom. Yeah. And I mean, I wasn't saying it to be a, to be a dick or anything. I mean, I mean, that's literally why I went. I mean, 
why I came out of library school thinking about, you have to think about your, your patrons. You know, I knew about the digital divide going into library school, going into it, because when I first started my undergraduate degrees in television production and, um, so More overlap. Yeah. Yeah. So I came into, I, I, I came into this knowing about, the gap between, you know, people who have access to the internet, people who don't. And, you know, just because it's 2020 and everyone seems like they have an iPhone in their pocket, that's not true. I mean, I had a guy go off on me a couple weeks ago because, you know, he had no idea that we were open because, and I'm like, well, it's on our website. He's like, how can I access your website when all I have is a flip phone? And he was right to call me out on that. You know, it's very, very privileged for me to think that, well, everybody has access to a computer. And a lot of times, I think a lot of librarians, myself included, need to be smacked down and taken down a couple pegs. Because we think that the library is very inclusive. We think that we're open to everyone and we want to be that. But the fact is, we're really not. Right. Well, and, you know, I started at the library here Faulkner Van Buren County Regional Library, shout out uh, to one of the greatest library systems in Arkansas. Mm. But um, uh, when I started, it was 2000, spring of 2000. Uh, And so technology, you know, was a little different back then. Oh, yeah. Getting on the internet was a little different back then. Oh, yeah. But the Bill and Melinda Gates uh, Foundation initiative had just started. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so my library was granted and, and a lot of the branches Uh, And so part of that was the reason I got to go to Seattle on my first ever pre 9-11. I took one flight before 9-11 and it was (laughs) to Seattle Um, and it was it was pretty great. Uh, But I I got to go to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for a week in Seattle. All expenses paid. It was amazing. Wow. Uh, Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, That that is really cool. That is really amazing. (laughs) What was great was like, it was drizzly and about 65 when I landed, turned 70 and sunny all week long and then drizzly when I left. Yeah, that's how it was when I went to Vancouver in uh, 2005. It was, it was like, wow, it's been, you know, ever since you got here, it's been really nice. I'm like, it's me. I brought it with me. It's showing off for me. That's right. But that, that, the part of that was to bring access to places where access wasn't available, but even still inside of that, you have to find a way because that draws people in, right? Books, books are one thing. Things like computers draw more people in. Um, being, being the age that I was and the guy that I was at the time and the, the person, uh, you know, our reference, uh, uh, the person working the reference desk, uh, he wasn't a fully trained librarian, but he was good at his job. Um, That's very common. That's very common. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, information seeking behavior is like knowing how to find information is just as important or even more so than knowing, knowing something. Right. Um, as someone who well, a lot of people ask me before they ask Google, and all I do is Google <laughs> to get them the answer. <clears throat> the the but, truth is, I mean, that's another thing um, that I have to explain to my colleagues over and over again is that people do not know how to Google. They're like, of yeah. course, everybody. And I'm like, no, they don't. Because people they who put- think they know how to Google don't know how to Google. Uh, exactly. How you ask the question is more important than the question itself, honestly. And that, um, that's and it, the other thing is you have to know, you have to kind of, that that's the whole point of a reference interview. And I mean, even yeah. in your line of work, it's the exact same thing. You have to, you have to drill down to what the, the person actually wants and you have yep. to be skilled enough to, to know, okay, well, they're asking me this, but do they really mean that? Okay. So they mean mm-hmm. that, but what about this? Is there, is this their actual concern? So mm-hmm. there's, I don't know if you've heard about this, but this is really cool. My, my, my fellow uh, librarian and Trekkie best friend, she told me about the concept called Wharf for re- for a re- reference interview. It's so cool. So Wharf, it's an acronym for welcome, um, uh, open with a question. So what brings you in today? Um, repeat what they repeat what the person said, and then follow through. Like okay, did I, you, I know? Isn't it brilliant? I, I don't think I'm remembering <laughs> it correctly, but that's Wharf. And I asked her, I'm like, please tell me you made this up. She's like, no, I actually got it from somewhere else, but it's cool, right? And I'm like, I know, right? Oh, <laughs> so, you, have to, you have to own it, though. You have to own I it. I know. That's but yeah, But yeah, I mean, one of the first things I learned from, from my job is um, when somebody comes up to the desk, you fold your hands in front of you. 
Mm-hmm. That way you're not quick to just jump on the computer and start typing and seeing what they're looking for. You ha- it's, This forces you to listen to what the person is saying. Now, it sounds like, you know, being 20 years removed, one of the things we struggled with back then was, you know, not only um, getting up, getting up the patron visitors, right? How do, mm-hmm. or how do we engage the, the next generation? What is, what is a draw that we can get, um, you know, interest the children and get oh, them yeah. into, you know, past the, that group between, you know, how do we get the, the, the young adults in there to browse the young adult section without some, what's the draw? What's the hook? Right. Yeah. And yeah. Absolutely. I kid you not, Stevie, my friend Alan and I, we put together this plan and, and they had the money to spend and we, we sold it that if you let us build a game room and we, uh-huh. we network, this is OG Xbox, like original uh-huh. Xbox. And, you know, yeah. you could do land parties yeah. and the, the board of the libraries were, they were very resistant oh, and yeah. they're like, well, what are you going to do? You're just going to have a bunch of kids coming in here and playing video games. I'm like it's appointment only the slots fill up. They're not yeah. going to leave. Yep. When they're when their quarters up line on the you know when they got next quarter they're not leaving. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? They're going to go sit down there and they're going to read some comic books. Well, that what does that do? That gets them interested in reading, or yep. they want maybe they want to learn how to draw comic books, or maybe they want to yep. learn how to pencil. You yep. know, it isn't about what they're here to do. It's about what they do while they wait to do that, right? Yeah. And Good, by golly, yeah. guess what? You know, the word got out that you can go play Xbox at the library for free, um, and yeah. you know who showed up? All the kids. Yep, that we have. Yep. Uh, that's at a, that's actually at another branch of ours. That um, we because we have the PS4 VR, but in, uh, the in our area it's more affluent, so the kids are more likely to have that. But in other parts of the county where they have the video games, that is their biggest draw. That's how they get the kids in. And Stevie, are you telling me I'm a library science pioneer? You are actually. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, because I think I don't know how many branches. I don't know how many of our branches That's have so video cool games. Something like that is still being used. I know yeah. one of well, our branches, and it's has like a, it's an access thing too. You know, it's a technology yeah. access issue. Um, yeah, are are video games a human right? No, but access to technology is, and no one should be right. that. You know, if if coming to the library is the only way those kids get to play, playing games ain't about playing games. Um, it's like you said a bit back. You know, uh, you've sorted out Pangea after reading the book. Um, well, you know, if you sorted enough puzzles as a child and then you look at a picture of the globe and you're like, oh, wow, that all does kind of fit together, doesn't it? Right, right. <laughs> you know? And you understand the movement of tectonic plates and everything like that, you know. But, but you know, it isn't about the thing. They're not there to play PlayStation. Well, they are. They're going to. But, you know, engaging that cognitive, any any cognitive part of the brain is valuable, whether or not it's. Um, you know, I came from the very first generation where video games were going to ruin your life. And I oh, believe yeah. there are a lot of folks <laughs> my age who are being either very <laughs> successful making or playing video games. Mm-hmm. Just like mm-hmm. the teachers who all said, you won't have a calculator everywhere you go. And I have like three on me mm-hmm. at all times. Yeah, they told us that too. <laughs> Bunch of lies. Lies. So. But um, what you're talking about is um is a concept that's dear to my heart and it's digital literacy. And it's not just about, you know, knowing how to play a video game, but it's knowing how to navigate the devices themselves. And a lot of, and even kids these days, I had, I remember I had a kid ask me, you know, how to show him how to do something in Microsoft Word. And I said, oh, you just got to put the cursor there. And he looks at me and he goes, what's a cursor? And I'm like, okay, let's step back up a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, information literacy is that's a huge thing right now. That's a huge thing in digital literacy, knowing how to you know navigate those spaces. But one of the ways that we got teens into our library, albeit briefly, was through our fandom nights. Ooh. And we had uh, a Doctor Who party during the 50th what? anniversary of Doctor Who. I dressed up as the fourth Doctor, yeah. and I made buttons for everyone. We Take that, Jodie Whittaker. Oh yeah, this this was way before even she was she was a, a blink in um in um what's his fate in Chibnall's eye or whoever he is, she wasn't even a thing yet. This was just after Capaldi was announced. 
And um, we had a huge, we had a viewing party where we watched Silence in the Library because, of course, uh, of course. We, had, we had jelly babies imported from Europe to get to give out to people. We had trivia contests. I mean, we ha- that was my that's probably to this day my best event that I've ever had. And um, I remember walking around, you know, just checking on everyone, seeing how they're doing. And I overheard a teen say to another teen, I, they said, you know, I don't have friends in school, but now that I've come to this event, now I have friends. Oh, to gotcha. me, that that is the – I have not met – had a moment greater than that in my career, in my seven years yeah. – I mean, my eight years yeah. of working at the library. I mean, I got a state That's award for being the best in my class. Um, in my level of work, but that moment, you know, that, that's why I do what I do. I love working with kids. I, especially teenagers. I mean, before I got into the library, I was a substitute teacher for sixth to 12th grade. And people look at me like, Oh lady, you are insane. I'm like, yes, I am. That's why I like working (laughs) with kids. Yeah. But there are people who struggle working with children. It's because they treat them as they treat them as less than. And if you treat children as people and human beings, you get a much different outcome from them. Um, You've got to give them respect and credit uh, until they give you a reason not to. Oh, um, just like anybody. Absolutely. Um, And that's that's crucial. I can't demand respect from them if I'm not willing to give them respect. And it's important to, to, to not look down at them, but get down with them. Right. Now, if that child is smaller than you, you meet them at their eye level. You don't ask them to look up at you. Exactly. And that's something I learned in TV production. When you're interviewing a child, you get down on your knee and you get to their level. So you're less intimidating. But yep. um, one of the things that we do, and I was talking to Michael about this, um, one of the things that I'm super duper proud of is we have a Girl Scout tech program at my library that I developed because I worked with the Girl Scouts before I came to the library. And long story short, we have them come in, they do some tech stuff using our library gear, um, and they earn badges for it. Um, One of my absolute favorite programs that we do is the filmmaking program. And that's for the cadet girls. So that's like middle school age girls. And it's, it is like night and day to see these girls come in because when they come in, they're like, I don't want to be here. This is stupid. This is what, you know, I don't care. Um, But as soon as I tell them what they're doing, And I tell them, you know, and I show them some examples. Um, And I think what I really, what I think they really appreciate is, you know, even though I'm the adult and I, I I tell them, I say, you know, look, if I, I might give you, you know, this is you guys' project. I'm just here to kind of guide you, but I might have some ideas for you. And, you know, it's totally okay to say, Miss Stephanie, we don't like that idea. And they come out of that like within like the after the two hour, you know, script writing session because it's a three it's a three day session. But it's only it's just a couple. It's it's only like two hours a day. So, I mean, it's not a long time. They're not in, you know, but it's two hours, two hours, it's six hours over three days. And they do an incredible job. They all have the same topic, but they've I think we've done maybe nine movies. They've all had the same topic, but they all interpreted it radically differently. Yeah, I, I'm so proud of them. I'm so, so proud of them. And I would love to volunteer with, you know, more cadet troops, you know, but, you know, the world's ending. But um, <laughs> but that's what I try and tell them. You know, I'm like, look, you know, you can disagree with me. You know, even even with my junior troops, the junior girls do photography. They do digital photography. And I spend like the first uh, about 15 or so minutes explaining to them, you know, the rule of thirds, talking about lighting, how to frame a shot, all this. And then, you know, I send them on a photo scavenger hunt. But before I do, I say, okay, here's what you need to look up. And you have two options. You can either, you know, take what I said, you know, say, okay, well, Miss Stephanie said to do X, Y, Z. So I'm going to do that. Or you can, you can take what I said and throw it out the window. You don't have to listen to me. This, I'm just telling you, these are some tips that'll make you photos a little bit better. But if you think, you know, if you're like, ah, Miss Stephanie doesn't know anything. I'm going to do my own thing. That's totally fine, too. And I actively encourage these kids, you know, kind of, I mean, in in a way, I I was kind of brought up, you know, question authority. You know, you can question, I mean, because I had teachers, you know, I I was very fortunate. I I was in the gifted program a lot, and I was fortunate to have teachers who would openly accept you questioning them. 
you know, mm-hmm. and that's what I want to, that's what I foster, you know, I want to foster with the, with the Girl Scouts, you know, yeah, you can totally question me. You can absolutely say, well, Miss Stephanie, I don't like this idea or Miss Stephanie, I'd rather do this. And if you run it past me and we talk about it, 90% of the time I'll say yes. But you know, if you were like, can I use the green screen? Yeah, no, we're not doing that. That's too much work. But I love working with those kids. I love seeing what they come up with. They, they have me rolling on the floor. These girls are oh, so yeah. brilliant. I love them. I love them so much. And I miss working with them. But that that's my that was my whole point was to get more girls, especially involved in technology, because Girl Scouts we didn't have this crap. <laughs> we nope. had, we had STEM training. wasn't a thing when we were kids. Yeah, we had braiding, we had camping, we had cookie sales, and like the coolest thing I remember was learning how to break a guy's nose in self defense. That's like the only yeah. cool thing I remember in Girl Scouts. We didn't have half of this crap when I was a kid. So I'm I'm a whole different thing back then. Oh my god, yeah. Oh my and I I mean and Elite soldiers. Oh yeah. It, it was so funny because and that's another thing. A lot of the the seniors come in. They're like, "Oh, well, you don't know what a card catalog is, and you don't know." I had someone at, tell me, "I don't know who Clark Gable is." I'm like, "Come on, how old do you think I am? Come on." Yeah, that's just being ageist. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> my my thing is, is you know, yeah, I was, I, I'm, you know, born in the mid '80s, but. I, I mean, they're like, oh, you grew up with this technology. No, I didn't. I, I yeah. did it just as much as you did. I struggle with it just as much as you do. 100%. I mean, I was not born on a computer. I had to learn how to do all that crap, too. You know? Right. Well, I tell people all the time, I actually, quote, grew up with the technology. Like, um, you know, myself and technology have grown from what a lot of people think of as the beginning to where it is now. And I've had the privilege of having access to uh, key key moments. You know, I I had my first computer when I was eight years old. It was a hand-me-down from Uh my uncle, but also, you know, who, what eight-year-old in 1983 had their own computer that they hooked up to their own television. Oh God. Yeah. I had my own TV when I was a kid and that was, you know, that was a big deal. That was something. Well, it was a 13 inch black and white TV, which was cool because uh, if you played Mario or if you played Nintendo on it and you hooked it up just right, you could tweak the brightness and the contrast for for Duck Hunt. Well, if you did it just right though, if you tweaked the brightness and the contast on black and white, it was always a hit. Exactly. Just kill the ducks every time. It was great. Exactly. Um, But uh, you know, so Getting the getting the kids into the into the library using technology as a draw. There's so many things in that one that one little bit. Like we started a movie night. We got a license so we could play yes. movies without having to worry about copyright. We did um, that you know, too. Yeah. We eventually uh, the there is Comic Conway is Conway's own very successful uh, comic convention. Yep. It's so big now that it happens out of the too. Expo Center. We, we, the con, the library started Comic Conway, used to be in the library, yep. but it got so big, it has to take over the freaking county state or the county fair expo. Oh, now. we would love uh, that. <laughs> yeah. It, and, you know, there's real draw and there's, and I've gotten, I've taken, I've gotten to take my kids. It supports something that I love. Um, you know, and I know the people, I literally know the people that made it happen. Um, unfortunately it happened after my tenure, so I didn't get to be a big part of it, mm-hmm. but it's still something that, you know, libraries are so important. Sharing knowledge is such a passion. Um, but unfortunately, uh, physics is also a real thing and the linear nature of time has brought us to a pause. Uh, I won't say we're going to end the conversation because, um, we, we didn't even really get started. Uh, I don't think, uh, and I, I would, uh, 100%, uh, have you back on the show. If that's something that you sound like you would like to do. Yeah, um, certainly. Uh, but we are, we're closing in like at the, at the time where unfortunately we do have to say goodbye for now. Um, and so I, are there any final thoughts, uh, that you would like to leave, uh, our dear listeners with? Well, uh, just going back to libraries, I mean, because I've, I've basically been on my outreach soapbox for, for most of this. Um, don't write libraries off. Libraries are evolving. They're changing. They're growing. You know, we're not just books. I mean, like my, my personal branch, we have, we have the Silhouette Printer, which is like a cricket maker. 
we have 3D printers, we have sewing machines. We're, we, we want to meet you where you need us to be. Yep. Um, so, and don't write us off, you know, at, you know, ask your, ask your local, local government, you know, fund the library, you know, we really do need it. And we absolutely love and appreciate all of you patrons. All, absolutely. Just when we open, please wear a damn mask. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I'm going to, I'm going to second that because, um, uh, you know, I didn't end up at the library by accident. Uh, and fortunately I let dollar signs draw me away from that, or I would very likely still be there celebrating 20 years, uh, and a nicer pension. <laughs> I love where I am now. And, uh, you know, uh, but, um, it, 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 people don't realize all that the library provides. I don't think I, yeah. I you know, and it's fine. I, I don't mind at all that we, that we, this became an outreach program for, for libraries in America. But, but as you noted, you know, you've got so many different resources that are available that people don't even realize. And that's, that's just things that they might not think of. Um, other things that are, I'm sure available access to audiobooks, access to um, MP3s and digital downloads and things that they might, that you might provide for free to patrons that they can own and not know because they haven't, they haven't been told. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's um, like, like I like to say that the library's like your mom. We love you. We miss you. Even if you haven't come in a while, come back and see us. We just want you to call every now and then. We just want That's to right. Things might be a little different now. That's okay. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Uh, shout out to all the libraries and librarians and the support staff. Uh, my joke was, even though, you know, I only fixed the computers, uh, if it had a cord that plugged into the wall, it meant I was taking care of it. So, uh, you know, uh, there's that fine print at the end of every contract that says other duties as assigned. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that is basically they might as well just put that as the as the header print uh, at the top, because yep. that's basically what being a library employee is. Absolutely. Uh, you have a title. <laughs> you have a title, um, but it doesn't really dictate the work. Um but with that, uh, Stevie Lee, thank you so much for your time, attention, story, uh, and, and just energy and everything. I know you had a lot going on today and you made room for me to be a part of it. Uh, I value that. Um, it, it's a pleasure to know you even better. Um, and to, uh, I, you know, we'll just continue to grow, uh, this, uh, this relationship. I think, um, yeah. having you back on the show before it's too late, yeah, uh, but with that, dear listeners, um, I appreciate your ears. We hope to earn them again next week. Uh, closing things out from the Toad Suck Studios in beautiful central Arkansas, the United States. I'm Dan Decker. Good night.